Reporting season has been a busy time, and there's a few topics that have slipped through the cracks here at Money News. And one of those stories is regional property. CoreLogic has released amazing stats that show it could be the end of the line for the darling of the pandemic period. The quarterly regional market update, which examines Australia's 25 largest non-capital city regions, shows just 13 areas recorded an increase in house values over the year to January 23, down from 21 over the year to October 2022. Eliza Owen is the head of Australian research from CoreLogic. Eliza, great to have you back on Money News again. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Eliza, the short question is, has the charm of owning that tree change or sea change property as your principal residence started to diminish? I think the tree change and sea change movement has definitely lost some of its charm. Uh, We've seen an explosion in home values create affordability constraints for new buyers, as well as rising interest rates turning some people off as well as the capital city markets opening up again and and having some pull, I think, um, post-lockdown periods, sort of reducing the urgency to to move to the regions as well. I noticed in the report that one of the worst performing areas for housing and units was Richmond Tweed. Now, this is an area that not only has city folk moving in in droves, but also has a few Hollywood celebrities. Has the shine come off that area as well? Yeah, so this was a really stark finding for the report where values across the house market are down almost 19% in the past year in Richmond Tweed and units are down about 10%. Now, that's been driven by both that kind of high-end luxury market across Byron Bay where, by the way, despite this 20% decline, house values are still sitting at around $2.2 million in that suburb. Um, But it's also been driven by some of the more traditionally affordable areas of the Richmond Tweed uh, market, like Lismore, for example, areas that have been subject to extreme weather and flooding events, which has probably dissuaded a lot of new buyers and compounded the impact of rising interest rates. But Eliza, to put it in perspective, what did that area perform like during the pandemic? Like, If it's average 2.2 million a house, what was it 18, 24 months ago? Yeah, so the upswing in values across Richmond Tweed houses through the pandemic was about 51%. So it is worth noting that these sharp declines have come off the back of a very strong upswing in value. And a lot of these areas still have higher values relative to where they were in March 2020. Uh, It's just that they're adjusting to a sharp change in the interest rate environment. And which properties actually held their ground better in the regional areas? Because some wouldn't have dropped by that much and and would have probably outperformed some of their counterparts. Yeah, so some of the markets that we're seeing hold better performance tend to be your more affordable markets. And I think there's definitely some hidden gems in this uh, in the regions as well. So the southeast region of South Australia is an example of this where we've seen home values up around 17% over the past year. That includes areas like the Limestone Coast. Um, So these areas where typical house values would be around $430,000 and generally anything with a median value of $600,000 or less has still shown increases in value over the past year. We talked about the RB Minutes earlier on the show, Eliza, and they seem pretty intent on lifting rates 
aggressively in March and even February we were probably lucky to only have a 0.25 lift. What impact has that had on regional property? Well, I think like capital city markets, uh, interest rates are a pretty blunt instrument. Um, And the further they go uh, higher, the the more downward pressure we can expect on the property market because it reduces borrowing capacity and it reduces people's ability to offer the same amount of money. So that's where a lot of these price falls are coming from. Um, I think... You know, the reason we're seeing some of the resilience in the more affordable markets is because you don't have to take out as much debt to buy into them. We've seen that a lot with South Australia in particular, where values are pretty low and they're getting a lot of sustained interest, not just from owner occupiers, but also from investors. So I think it's uh, uh, market conditions are, are coming off pretty broadly now across the country, but it really is that affordable pocket of the market that's been more resilient. And Eliza, obviously we'll be anticipating the next quarterly report, which we'll get for this quarter, which will probably come out in May, but what are some of the stats you're already seeing? Are you expecting further falls? I think I think so, yeah. I think, um, you know, interestingly, the pace of value declines across Australia has been shrinking from August last year. Capital city clearance rates have come out pretty strong over the past few weeks. But I think the housing market is yet to absorb some of the really hawkish language we've heard from the RBA. I think it's yet to absorb further rate rises and potential risks like the end of fixed term housing lending rates. So, you know, there's a few headwinds for the property market in 2023, and it's probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Eliza Owen, Head of Australian Research from CoreLogic and good friend of Money News, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you again. Take care.